Welcome back to The Pilgrim Soul, a podcast about the journey of faith in the world of today. I'm your host, Juliana. And I'm Sophia. And I'm Adriana. And today we'll be briefly talking about and preparing for the upcoming Holy Week. Yeah, we're excited to enter into this week together. And so we thought that we would invite all of you to join us in some prayer and reflection today and throughout the week so that we can really accompany each other as we're journeying towards the Paschal Triduum. I really love the poem that we're going to look at today. It reflects the fragility of the human person and our own frailty so beautifully. And I think for me, it feels very appropriate in this Lenten season where I've felt at times just unable to accomplish all of the goals I've set out for myself. Mm-hmm. And in a time of life where with both the enduring pandemic and also welcoming a newborn, um, I felt my own weakness before me always. Well put. This has been a desert, a time of traveling through the wilderness for a lot of us. And you're right. I think this poem really reflects our, our poverty in that. Sophia, you chose the poem for today. Do you want to tell us about it and the author? Yeah. So the poem is Gethsemane by Mary Oliver. She was a beloved American poet who recently passed away. And though not Christian herself, I think she really captured a number of essential elements of Christian faith in her poetry. Yeah, I love Mary Oliver's natural sacramentality. She just is able to see God in all of creation and helps develop that lens, like you're saying. Should we go ahead and read the text? Yeah. Do you want to do that for us? Yeah, I can do it. So as Sophia mentioned, the poem is called Gethsemane by Mary Oliver. The grass never sleeps or the roses, nor does the lily have a secret eye that shuts until morning. Jesus said, wait with me, but the disciples slept. The cricket has such splendid fringe on his feet, and it sings, have you noticed, with its whole body, and heaven knows if it ever sleeps. Jesus said, wait with me, and maybe the stars did. Maybe the wind wound itself into a silver tree and didn't move. Maybe the lake far away, where once he walked, as on a blue pavement, lay still and waited, wild awake. Oh, the dear bodies, slumped and eye shut, that could not keep that vigil, how they must have wept, so utterly human, knowing this, too, must be part of the story. Mm. Thank you. I love even just that first line, the grass never sleeps. The grass never sleeps. Um, Because I think it points to, it sort of makes so urgent the question of why the disciples were there at all, why Christ desired their companionship, why Christ invited them into the garden. If he knew their weakness, right, he knows that we don't have the capacity to, to suffer with him, to save ourselves, right, to achieve the coherence that we would want to. So I love this first line, the grass never sleeps, because I think it points to God's love for our freedom, even in that fragility, Adriana, that you were talking about. Yeah, I think this evokes powerful emotions in me, this poem, and in general, the reflection on the disciples' failure to stay awake even one hour with Jesus, because that's what I've done 
this Lent. And that's what I've done thousands of times before in my life. And I think this goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning, Adriana, but I so often set goals for myself or feel God asking them of me. And then I completely fail and I'm confronted with my own human weakness. It's an experience of great sorrow, as she mentions at the end, you know how they must have wept, so utterly human. So it's a human experience, but it's one of sorrow, knowing how I've failed the one I love. And yet, I'm so moved that he has asked me, as you were saying, Sophia, and he continues to ask me no matter how many times I fall asleep. And so I think that is my primary reflection going into this week, this commitment to love Christ and to accompany him, the knowledge that I will fail and that, you know, his overwhelming love and compassion will continue to invite me to get up again and again. And so that's my hope for this week. Yeah, I think there's such a beauty in this poem that it doesn't shy away from the sorrow of falling asleep because it's so easy to... (laughs) We have a baby guest on the podcast. (laughs) Because it's so easy to make excuses for ourselves and even for the disciples. I mean, it was really late and they were... They have human bodies and they were tired. But Mary doesn't do that. The Gospels don't do that. And we're invited not to do that either, to both accept... Our frailty and accept the sorrow that comes with that while still pursuing Christ and still desiring to be there, failing, weeping, and trying again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and asking for his grace and for the Holy Spirit to help us be faithful. Another thing I love about this poem is that it doesn't speak to the internal experience of Christ, that that's not the focus, even though this is his moment of agony. And he is so distressed that St. Luke tells us he's sweating drops of blood. And I think for me, this is a beautiful reminder of ultimately the solitude of Christ before the will of the Father, that it was a task put in front of him. Our salvation was something that the Father asked of him, and yet it was for the entire world. And so Christ was alone begging the Father to take this chalice away from him and alone in surrendering to the Father's will. But it was for me in the most deeply personal way that I could ever imagine. And for each one of us, as I'm looking forward to the liturgies, I'm so excited to be there in person. After last year, I was live streaming the ones from Rome because of the pandemic. I'm so excited to be there in person and to to feel that I'm entering into this space of solitude with Christ on Holy Thursday and entering into this moment of grief at his death on Good Friday and this waiting in the tomb of Holy Saturday. So I think that sort of silence about his interior experience really for me points to the mystery, the ineffable mystery of what the Father's will was for Christ and therefore for me. Yeah, that's such a beautiful reflection, Sophia. And I love that you mentioned the liturgies because we wanted to propose a way that we could join one another together in prayer, regardless of our situations with the pandemic and our ability to attend public liturgy. Mm -hmm. Did you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, Julie, I think you had a proposal for us. So there are many beautiful opportunities to enter 
we're deeply into prayer during this time. One thing we thought we would propose is to pray with sacred music, specifically the Sabbat Mater, and reflect on Mary's suffering at the foot of the cross and see the passion of Christ through her eyes and ask for her intercession in being faithful, in staying awake, and in clinging to the foot of the cross as she did. This has been a really powerful experience for me in the past in Holy Week, and so I thought we could do this together and invite all of you to join us as well. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful suggestion. If uh, you have the privilege of doing so, one of the traditional times of keeping vigil, as Julie was talking about, is after the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. And so if you have the opportunity to just spend some time before the altar of repose, which is where they keep the Blessed Sacrament after Mass, then that I would suggest as a beautiful moment in which we can pray with this music or in silence. But really any time over the course of the Triduum, it's really just such a privileged time of encounter with Christ. One last thought I want to say is that I know for me, this Lent didn't go as expected. And for anyone who's had the same experience as I've had, I would like to offer a word of encouragement and to remind ourselves that it's never too late to begin again. This is a new week. This is a new opportunity to enter into the season. And the experience of the past few weeks, if it has been difficult, as for me, does not limit the opportunities of what is to come. Yeah, that's part of what I love about this poem. You know, the line, Jesus said, wait with me, but the disciples slept. The cricket has such splendid fringe on its feet, and heaven knows if it ever sleeps. How she uses creation as a reminder, and Christ uses creation as a reminder to start again. Every day the sun rises, and we can look out and we see the grass never sleeping, or the roses, or the lily and know our own failure, but can be reminded in all of these beautiful things he's made for us that he desires for us to start again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe in this poem, it isn't for Christ that the grass never slept, but it's for the disciples. It's for us so that we can see that. Yeah, that's a great insight. And I think a helpful image for opening up the anticipation that's built into the Triduum the yearning that we all have for the morning of the resurrection. And we can think of all of creation yearning for that moment too, when her creator is raised from the dead as the first fruits of what we will all become in the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah, that, that's our destiny. That's, that's the destiny of all of creation. Well, on that note, I think that's all we have for you today. We wanted to keep it short, short episodes that we really keep silence in our own hearts and respect the silence in in all of yours to really enter into this contemplative anticipation that we're talking about. But please do join us in prayer. We'll put in the show notes links to a few different arrangements of the Stabat Mater. And I think we particularly recommend the classic one by Pergolesi. Um, We did also want to mention on this episode that our first season is coming to a close in a few weeks, Um, but we have an idea in mind for our season finale. Adriana, if you wanted to pose that invitation to our listeners. 
Yes, we would love to receive your questions. We've enjoyed so much and been so humbled by the emails we've received and messages on our Instagram. And we'd really love to be able to answer directly from our own experience any questions you have. Right. So these can be personal or theological, anything that's come up for you in listening to our episodes or engaging with uh, one of our media recommendations. If you could send us questions by Good Friday, we will respond to your questions in our season finale. And know of our prayers for you and all of your loved ones during this time. Yeah. Have a blessed Triduum, everyone. 